evening. It's good to be with you tonight here in the house of the Lord. 晚上好，能够在神的殿中和大家在一起，相当开心，感谢神。We're going to study God's word together. 我们一起来学神的话语。And the world really is on God's heart. 这个世界所有的人真的是在神的心上。Jesus said, "Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere." Jesus said, "We are going to the world and preach the good news to everyone everywhere." 他愿意在世界上各个角落、每个地方的男女老少都能听见这个好消息，就是他的福音。And he wants us to take the message of Jesus to those people who are still waiting to hear about him for the first time. 他把要向那些还没有听见福音的人的这样的一个任务交给我们。When I was at university, I was planning. To become an English literature professor. When I was in university, I wanted to become an English literature professor. But then God spoke to me about the need to take the gospel to other parts of the world. But in that time, God spoke to me about the need to take the gospel to other parts of the world. So I changed my major in university. So I changed my major in university. No longer did I major in English literature. I majored in the Bible. Because I knew that I had to know this book if I was going to share Jesus with people. Because I knew that I had to know this book if I was going to share Now I wanted to be married. And I wanted to have a godly Christian wife. And I met my wife when I was studying the Bible in university. And the first time I met her, she asked me a question. She said, "Do you believe God wants you to be a missionary and take the message of Jesus to the mission field?" She said, "Do you believe God wants you to be a missionary and take the message of Jesus to the mission field?" And I said, "Yes." She said, "Oh, good." She said, "Oh, good." Because I know that's what God wants me to do. And if that's not what God wants you to do, I'm not interested in getting interested in you. And so we got married. And we left our home country, America. And we went to the country of Italy. We went to Italy to preach the gospel. 
60 million people. Most of them have never heard the gospel. So we moved there. And we didn't speak any Italian. So the first thing we did is to enroll as students in an Italian university. All they spoke at that school was Italian. Nobody spoke English. That's how we learned. Anybody, anybody here tonight speak Italian? That's right. Our brother lived in the country of Trieste. Would you like to hear some Italian? I'm going to give you three verses from the first chapter of the Gospel of John. And you don't have to translate. <coughs> Listen carefully. E venuto in casa sua, ma i suoi non lo hanno ricevuto. Ma tutti quegli che l'hanno ricevuto, egli ha dato il diritto di diventare figlioli di Dio a quelli cioè che credono nel suo nome, i quali non sono nati da sangue, né da volontà di carne, né da volontà d'uomo, ma sono nati da Dio. Now that was John chapter 1, verses 11, 12, and 13. And if you were here tonight and you spoke Italian, and you heard me say that, you would understand every word because the vocabulary was perfect and the grammar was perfect. But if you heard me say that, you would have said, where did this man come from? That's not the way Italians speak Italian. So I'm going to give you the same three verses the way an Italian would say. Listen carefully. È venuto in casa sua, ma i suoi non lo hanno ricevuto. Ma tutti quelli che l'hanno ricevuto, egli ha dato il diritto di venerare i figliuoli di Dio, a quelli cioè che credono nel suo nome, i quali non sono nati da sangue, né da volontà di carne, né da volontà d'uomo, sono nati da Dio. Now, did you hear a difference? You see, if you speak three languages, you're trilingual. If you speak two languages, you're bilingual. And if you speak one language, you're an American. 
It is difficult for North Americans to learn another language. But if God calls you to serve Him in another country, He will help you to learn that language. So don't you ever say, Oh, I could never be a missionary because I, I could never learn another language. If I could learn to speak Italian, you could learn another language too. Uh, I will be in Italy again next year. And I will preach in Italian. And when I do, the Italian people ask me, What part of Italy are you from? Because they think I'm Italian. As I told you, I am happily married. And this year is our 49th year of marriage. We have four children. They are all married. And they have blessed us with nine grandchildren. Eight boys and one girl. So it's wonderful to be with you here at Suffolk Christian Church. My wife and I live in South Carolina. And I am one of the leaders of Columbia International University. And there is information about our school in the back as you leave tonight. All of it is free. Please feel free to take some. We are a small school, but we have graduated 19,000 students. And they are serving the Lord today in over 150 countries. And if any of you here sense that God may be calling you to be a missionary, Columbia International University is one of the best schools to train you for that. The title for our Bible message tonight is Costly Worship. And if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 95. Uh, 翻到诗篇, 
And we'll look at one verse in that psalm. Psalm 95, verse 6 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Now, before we go further, I would like to pray again. Our great God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for the privilege of gathering together to study your word. Open our hearts to hear your voice tonight. Speak to us through your word. Help us to understand what your word says. Help us to believe what your word says. And help us to obey what your word says. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. I have one single thought for your consideration this evening. And that is that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Spirit. Jesus Christ, the one who though fully God, became fully man. The one who lived here in time-space history. The one who never sinned in thought, word, or deed. The one who was unjustly accused of crimes he never committed. The one who was condemned to die. The one who died there on Calvary's cross. Not for his own sin, for he had none. But for yours and for mine. The one who was buried in the ground. 
The one who rose again on the third day. The one who was seen by many witnesses. The one who ascended back into heaven. The one who is seated right now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The one who is coming back. The one who will reign forever and ever, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This one, Jesus Christ, is worthy of our worship. Do you agree? Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Now I've been speaking for about eight minutes. And I've been watching you as I have been speaking. And I want you to know that you look pretty good. And that's because you knew you were coming to this church tonight. And you used as your guiding verse in the Bible to get ready to come, 1 Samuel 16, 7. Where we read these words, man looks at the outward appearance. You knew that. I knew that. And you look pretty good. But 1 Samuel 16, 7 has a part A and a part C, and if you put it all together, this is what it says. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. How much time did you spend getting your heart ready for this meeting tonight? Did you come with a pure heart? True worship is pure worship. God's word teaches also that true worship is not only pure worship, but true worship is honest worship. All throughout the Old Testament, the prophets of God preached against the people of God for their dishonest worship. In fact, one of the strongest verses in the Old Testament is found in the book of Amos, chapter 4, verse 4. 
where we read these words, Go to Bethel and sin. Do you know what the word Bethel means? Bethel means house of God. So what is Amos saying here? He's saying, go to church and sin. And I'm convinced that more lies are told by God's people on Sunday morning than any other time of the week. That's when we gather to worship the Lord. But many of the songs that we sing, many of the prayers that we pray, are really lies. They're not honest. True worship is pure worship. True worship is honest worship. But there's something else I want us to see tonight, and to see that, I want you to take your Bible now and turn in the New Testament to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. John chapter 12, and we'll begin reading with verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Verse 2. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Now look at verse 3 and you'll see the words on the screen. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. In my Bible, I have underlined the words expensive perfume. And it says the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So let's just imagine for a minute. You are living at the time of Jesus. 
You live in Jerusalem. And you have been invited to the Bethany dinner party. You walk the two mile distance between Jerusalem and Bethany. And when you get there, you're just a little bit late. You knock on the door. You open A servant opens the door. And the minute the door opens, you say, What is that? You say, the whole house was filled with the fragrance of the tree. Now look at the next verse. Verse 4. But when the Lord one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Now I don't want us to be too hard on Judas tonight. Why do I say that? Because this story that we're reading in John chapter 12. This story that really happened is evidently so important that the Holy Spirit has chosen to give it to us three times in the pages of the New Testament. Once in the Gospel of Matthew, once in the Gospel of Mark, and here again in the Gospel of John. And if you look at the same story in Matthew and Mark, you will discover that all of the disciples were saying this, not just Judas. All of them were saying this. All of them were thinking this. And what were they saying and thinking? Look at verse 5. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now I am speaking tonight from an English Bible translation called the New International Version. 我是我我读的英文，译本是新国际版的译本。and the translators of this particular Bible version took the liberty to translate this verse into terms that you and I would more readily understand. 
做这个译本的人呢，他们的主要目的是想让活在我们这个时代的人能够更容易理解这个圣经的意思。So they say that the perfume was worth one year's wages. 所以他们就会说，这个香膏是值一年的工钱。But if the translators had literally translated what the Greek New Testament says here. They would have said, "Why wasn't this perfume sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor?" 如果翻译圣经的人真的要忠实原文希腊文的话，如果要用对等的来翻译的话，他就会说，这个香膏为什么不卖三百块银钱呢？迪拉利呢 ？Three hundred denarii， 三百个迪拉利，什么意思呢 ？Now watch. A denarius was a piece of money. 一个迪拉利就是一个钱。A Roman coin 是一个罗马的银币。A little bit larger than an American quarter. 比我们现在美国的一个 quarter 要大一点点。It had a picture of Caesar on it. 在上头就一个是呃盖撒的头像。And a denarius at the time of Jesus. Was worth more than one full day's wage. In that time, one denarius' value was more than a day's wage. So, if you lived at the time of Jesus, so if you lived at the time of Jesus, and you had a job at the Jerusalem McDonald's, And you were a manager, 而且你是那里的一个经理。And you got paid twenty dollars an hour. 你一个小时赚二十块钱。And you worked eight hours a day. 你工作八小时一天。That would be a hundred and sixty dollars. 那就是一百六十刀。And if you multiply that by three hundred, 然后你再乘三百天 ，you get forty-eight thousand dollars. One full year's wage. Now, here's what I want you to do, just for a minute. I want you to think back with me, please, to April 15, 2018. April 15, 2018. 4月十五号，二零一八年。你知道这个日期的重要性，你知道吗 ？You see, if you are a law-abiding United States citizen by or before the 15th of April every year, you are. Required by the government. Form 1040 to be exact. And on that form, there is a line. 
在那个上头就有一行如果准确点说到是在第七行上在那里就说说你所赚的所有的工资工钱和消费 如果你遵纪守法，你就必须把二零一七年你所赚的所有的钱就要写在那个地方。那么，我要问你们问题。那么，你们在第七行，你们填的是一个什么数字呢？ Forty-two both working, filing jointly, easily six figures. So I just want you to, in your mind, say, what did I earn in 2017? Uh, and I would invite everyone to stand up and sing. And as we sing, we're worshiping the Lord. And while we're singing, I would invite you to take out a clean piece of paper. Don't put your name on it. But I do want you to put the amount of money that you declared to the government for 2017. Then while we're singing and worshiping the Lord, I would invite you to leave your place and walk right down here to the front. With your paper in your hand. And then I would invite you to kneel down right here. And take that paper and put it on the paper. And then get back up and go back to your seat, leaving the paper on here. 然后呢，就回到你的座位上，但是把那个纸呢，就放在桌子上。然后呢，你就可以说。So 
，主耶稣啊，我爱你啊，因为我这么的爱你，我要把给你的那个钱呢，就是这个，我放在桌子上那个树木。你要你要做这样，你要这样做吗？我、oh、的天哪，是我们在哪里邀请来这一个疯狂的讲员啊？他们邀请讲员的时候，要先要仔细的做做背景调查。Obviously, Dr. Murray doesn't know anything about Suffolk Christian Church. 显然，穆里穆里博士根本就不懂我们施福教会的情况。We are a giving church. 我们是施予的一个教会。We are generous. 我们是很大方的一个教会。In fact, I can imagine an older couple here tonight taking me aside afterwards and talking to me. 我我可以想象有一个比较年长的一对夫妻在我们聚完会之后，他就把我带到一边去，跟我讲讲。And they say, you know, Dr. Murray, our church started in about 1980. Yeah. 1980. 他们就会他们就会跟我讲说，哎呀，呃，穆里博士，我们的这个教堂教会呢，就差不多在1980年附近开始。And we were a young Newly married couple at that time. 在那个时候呢，我们是刚刚结婚的一对年轻人。And Dr. Murray, we want you to know that even though we just got married, we decided that we would give ten percent of our annual income to the Lord. 因为呃呃，穆里博士在那个时候，我们就已经决定，我们把我们每年的收入的十分之一要奉献给是也奉献给上帝。Ten percent. 那可是十分之一哦。Now that's not easy to do when you first get married. 当你们刚结婚的时候，拿出十分之一的收入呢是很困难的。But we did. 但是我们 ，And God blessed us. 而且神呢也祝福我们。He always blesses people that do that. 因为他常常祝福那些。And then over the years, we've learned to give far above ten percent. 在那之后呢，我们继续的呃施予，我们给的就比十十分之一要更多。And if our church has a missions project, we get our checkbook out and write another gift to that. 当我们的教会要支持一些的宣教工作的时候，我们就写一张写一张支票啊，去支持他们。And then if somebody in the church gets sick and they don't have insurance, or somebody loses their job and they don't have compensation. We write them a check and give it to them. 我们教会里有些人生了病或者失业呢，他们经济上有困难，我们就写张支票，也去帮助他们。But an amount equivalent to everything I earned in 2017, you've got to be kidding. 你是我们给的那些支支票是有个数目的，但你要说是要我给二零一七年我所赚的所有的钱的那个数目，你在开玩笑吧 ？That's ridiculous. 那是那是个荒谬的事情。Now watch. 但是你要看一看。That's exactly what the disciples said. 你所说的和那些呃门徒他们所说的是一模一样的。They said this is real. 他们说这是一个荒谬的事情。Who does she think she is? 玛利亚是怎么这样看她自己 ？And who does he think he is? 
to allow her to do this. Because you see, when you take the box of perfume and you break it open and you pour it out, you can't pick it back up. It's all gone. One full year. Wait. 因为如果你拿着玉瓶，你会装着香膏，你把它打破之后，香膏就流出来。流出来之后，你根本就没有可能再把它收回来。而那一次就失去的是一整年的工资。在约翰福音第十二章发生的是什么样的事情呢？This is not the impulsive whim. Of an emotional woman who doesn't realize what she's doing in the heat of the moment, and later on says, "What did I do that for?" This,你讲到的不是一个心血来潮、头脑发热、一时冲动的女人所做出来的事情。做完之后呢，然后就反悔说，我干了一些啥事啊？No, this is the knowing act of worship. On the part of Mary of Bethany. She knew who Jesus was. She had constantly followed him. She had sat at his feet. She had listened to his words. She had watched his life. She had witnessed his miracles. She knew exactly who he was. And she was convinced that nothing she gave him could ever be. Too much. Now watch. Jesus Christ is worthy of our worship. And true worship is pure worship. True worship is honest. Worship. But here we see that true worship is costly worship. And the question we need to be asking ourselves is this. What is it costing me to worship the Lord? What is it costing you to worship the Lord? I have one more verse I want to show you before we finish tonight. And it's way back in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles chapter 3 verse 1. So I invite you to find that verse in your Bible. While you're looking for that verse, let me tell you about a habit in my life. 
我在你们找这个经文的时候，我要给你们讲一个我的一个习惯。在过去的五十二年中。I have read the entire Bible through from Genesis to Revelation at least once every year for the last 52年之中每一年我至少把这个圣经读一遍从创世纪到启示录很多时候我是读一年读两遍 I read it twice a year很多时候我是读一年读两遍。但是我至少是读一遍，这样我做了五十二年。如果你们大声的读圣经。所用的语速就像我现在所说话的语速，那么你不停的读的话，你读完整本圣经要的时间是七十八个小时。如果你把七十八个小时用三百六十五天来除的话，每一天是差不多十四分钟而已。and people say to me, oh, it takes so long to read the Bible. No, it doesn't. Now, I must make a confession to you. When I am reading through the Bible, Often when I get to certain parts of the Old Testament, I start to speed read. You know, some of those long lists of names. And I will confess to you that one year I was speed reading through Second Chronicles. And, and I almost missed chapter 3, verse 1. Look at the words on the screen.我们来看看这个经文是怎么说的。Then Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David. It was on the threshing floor of Araunah the Jebusite, the place provided by David.Solomon就在耶路撒冷耶和华向他父大卫显现的摩利亚山上，就是耶布斯人阿尔南的河床上，大卫所指定的地方预备了。now doesn't that verse just bless your heart? You say, not really. It just sounds like a bunch of dry historical facts. But do you see what this verse is talking about? 
这些圣经在讲到建造圣殿的事。这个地方是讲到神所指定的敬拜他的地方。这些经文讲到的是关乎敬拜的事。and if you look at it closely, you will see two geographic references. 如果你在那里仔细看的话，你会看见两个地理位置记在在记在那里。And I've highlighted them for you. 那么我就把它给呃打出来。The first one is Mount Moriah. 一个是讲到摩利亚山。I have underlined that in my Bible. 我在我的圣经里头在那里打上下划线。Mount Moriah. The other is the threshing floor of Arauna the Gentile. I have underlined that in my Bible. Do you know anything about those two places? Let's Start with the second one first. The threshing floor well, if you don't remember the story, this weekend I would like you to read 2 Samuel chapter 24. I'm not going to look at that tonight. Let me tell you the 在撒母耳记下第二十四章，神借着先先见加德去对大卫王说话。And Gad the prophet tells David that the Lord wants him to go and buy the threshing floor of Arauna the Jebusite。啊，加德就把神的心意告诉大卫说：“你要去买耶布斯人阿尔南的禾场。”And so David goes and says to Arauna, "I want to buy your threshing floor." So David went to there and saw the Arauna and said, "I want to buy Because the Lord has told me to buy your threshing floor and then to build an altar of worship to Him on that spot. 因为是因为耶和华神告诉我说，要买这一个禾场，在这里要建一个祭坛。可以像像耶和华献祭。当我们在谈论禾场的时候，我们不是讲了一个呃地板式的东西，我们讲的是一片一块地。那是一个呃，那是一个呃，real and then heavy oxen would be made to walk 
over the grain. 然后就拿着牛就在上上去踩踩那个就踩那个谷物 And the weight of the animals would separate the wheat from the chaff 那么这个牛的重量就使谷粒和谷壳就分开 And then the farmer with the big fork would throw the grain up in the air 然后农民就会把那个混在一起的就扬起来 And the breeze would blow away the chaff and the good wheat would fall back to the ground. And where they did that was called a threshing floor. 那在那在那里做这个事情，那个那片地呢，就叫做。It's actually a field. 事实上是一片地。So David, in obedience to the Lord, goes to Arauna and says, "I want to buy your field." 所以大卫就遵着神的命令就去找到阿尔南说我要买你的禾场。And Arauna says, "What do you want to buy my field for?" 阿尔南就问他说你要买我的禾场干啥。And David says, "The Lord has told me to buy your field and to build an altar of worship to him at that spot." 因为神他就跟说呃大卫就说因为神告诉说要买这片地在这里建一个祭坛好来敬拜他。And when Arauna hears that, he says, "Oh, well, if that's what you need it for, I'll give it to you." 所以阿尔南听了就说哦你要做这样的事情那我就把这个就白白送给你了。And I won't just give you my field, I'll give you my oxen, and you can kill them and use the meat for the sacrifice.我不仅把这个地给你，我还把我的牛也给你，你可以把牛给宰了之后用它的肉去做燔祭。And then I'll give you my wooden tools, and you can break the wood up and use the wood for the fire.我还有那打打鼓的一些的器具是木头的，你可以用这个，你可以把这些器具给。打破了之后，把它给呃用作用作柴火来献祭。And then I'll even give you some of my grain that's already been threshed, and you can use that as a grain offering to the Lord.而且我还可以把已经打好的谷物给你，你可以当素祭献给神啊。And Arauna is making this long list of things that he's going to give to David.所以阿尔南他就列了一个长一个长长的条子，告诉他说我要把这些东西要送给你。and David says, no, 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 no. And then David makes this astounding statement. In 2Samuel24,在下面记下第24章24节。He says, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. 他说我不可以用白德之物做番祭献给耶和华我的神。I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. 我不献给神东西没有付上我的代价的。I think enough people here in this room tonight speak English so that we can say those words out loud together in English. 我相信我们中间大部分人都知道 都会读英语，所以我们先用英语一起来读一下。Are you ready? Here we go, all together. I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Do you mean it? 你听见了吗? Do you mean it? 你真是，你真的是，呃，你当真吗？ What's it costing you to show the Lord how much you really love Him? 你真的付了什么代价？ the other geographic reference in Second Chronicles chapter three verse one is Mount Moriah. 
，第二个，第二个地理位置是摩利亚山。Do you know anything about Mount Moriah? 你知道摩利亚山吗 ？Well, if you forget, then I want you to read Genesis chapter twenty-two this weekend. Now we're not. We're not going to look at it tonight, but let me tell you the story. In Genesis 22, God comes to Abraham and He says, Abraham, take now your son, your only son Isaac, and offer him up as a sacrifice to me. In that place, God takes his son. He gets a donkey. And loads it with wood for the Make a three-day journey through the wilderness. And after three days, they come to a mountain called Mount Moriah. And when they get to that spot, Abraham stops the procession. Then,亚伯拉罕就停下了他们前进的路，然后就对两个仆人说，And to worship. To worship. Abraham knew what he was going up there to do. Abraham did not know the rest of the story like you and I do. Abraham did not know the rest of the story in fact, it's the first time the word worship ever occurs in the Bible, starting with Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And what does Genesis chapter 22, verse 5 tell me? It tells me that true God honoring worship is costly worship. I'll never forget January 1956. I was living outside the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Every Saturday morning, my parents would take me to the home of a man who taught me art. Then, 
He was one of this country's greatest artists. And I spent every Saturday morning from 8 to 12 with him. He taught me how to draw. He taught me how to paint. He taught me how to sculptor. He taught me stained glass. He was a great artist. He was also a godly follower of Jesus. And so while we were painting and drawing, he would talk to me about Jesus. And his name was Lawrence Saint. We all called him Dad Saint. And we called his wife Ma Saint. Because they were sort of like grandparents to all of us. God blessed Dad and Ma Saint with a whole house full of kids. They had eight children. And every time they gave birth to a new baby, they would hold that child up to the Lord. And they would say, Lord, this little girl doesn't belong to us. She belongs to you. She's not ours. She's yours. Take her, use her any way you want, anywhere you want. Lord, this little boy doesn't belong to us. He belongs to you. He's not ours. He's yours. Take him, use him any way you want, anywhere you want. And because they had that open-hearted, open-handed attitude before God when it came to their children, God took them at their word and their kids ended up around the world on the front lines of missionary service. And I'll never forget the day in January 1956 when the the news came about the death of Dad Saint's boy, Nate. Nate was a missionary pilot in the country of Ecuador. Nate, 
And one day he was flying his little piper cub low over the rainforest. And he spotted an Indian tribe that they had been praying for for years, but they'd never been able to locate them. The Walrani Indians. Walrani means the people. But they were also known as the Alka Indians. And the word Alka means savage. Nate was so excited. These people had never been contacted by the outside world. They didn't know anything about Jesus. They'd never seen a Bible. They'd never met a Christian. So Nate flew his plane back to the mission station and he recruited four other men and all five of them banded their hearts together and made a promise that they would take the gospel to the Alka Indians. Let, I want you to see the four men or five men on the screen. You'll see Nate is the second from the right. Nate was out flying over the rainforest one day when he spotted a little sandy beach on a river about a mile from where the Indians were located. 有一次,Nate在飞机回去呢,就在一个河边就看见有片地,在那个地方呢,离那个部落的人只有一个英语的距离. I bet you I could land my plane there. I just saw, hey, you do it, Maya. What's in the key bar? What a figure you could jump with the Nanya. So I just saw the shang. I did so mad. And it's all the shang. And landed in I found the perfect spot for us to set up a camp from which we can reach the Alka Indians. Then he said, Hey, I found the perfect spot for us to set up a camp from which we can reach the Alka Indians. And so the day came, January 2nd, 1956. The missionaries, their wives, their children, all the national believers gathered on the tarmac and prayed together. 那一天宣教士和他们的妻子还有其他的一些的信徒就在一起祷告。They sang songs together to the Lord. 他们在一起就唱诗歌,对着主唱诗歌。And then one by one, Nate flew those other four men into the campsite on the sandy beach. 
因为他的飞机很小，每一次只能带一个人。So、所以他就走了四趟。然后最后他再回来一次。然后他就把他的太太带到一边。他就跟他说：“呃呃，亲爱的，你看我们有这样的。”步话机，我们可以来一，可以来通信。每天早上十点的时候，我就会跟你联系；每天下午晚，下午四点的时候，我就再再跟你联系。这样我们就可以，我们就可以向你们汇报我们做的事情怎么样。哎，一个星期这样过去。每一天，他们都会在早上和下午的时候都会通过这一个通讯步话机来讲话。然后1月8号那一天来到，那是一个主日，是主的日子，是敬拜的那一天。那一天在十点的时候，那天就向他的太太啊、呃、打电话来。他就说：“呃，亲爱的，你知道吗？我在我在把飞机飞起来的时候，我看见有十个那个部落的人。”他们正朝我们的营地走过来。他说：“哎呀，你看，今天可能是我们的机会来了，我们就可以告诉他们说，告诉他们关于耶稣的事情，就是这一天了、啊。”他说：“在四点的时候，我再给你打电话回来，那时候我就会告诉你，发生的事情是什么样。” No、在四点到了之后，却没有电话打过来，五点也没有过来。当天黑了，还是没有电话过来。第二天早上仍然没有电话过来。第二天晚上还是没有电话。在这个情况之下。宣教士的太太们，他们就很不情愿的要承认一件事情，可能不好的事情发生了。然后一个救救援救援队就组织起来。然后就是有士兵，还有一些的宣教的一些人员然后他们就用呃砍刀和一些镰刀之类的，在那一个丛林之中，呃，一直开开辟了三天的时间，到达了他们的营地所在之地。他到了那里时，他们看见他们的飞机被全部的都已经给拆开了。然后就看见。五个尸体就被毛所吃透，浮在那个浑浊的河水之上。All five 
五个人都被这样子杀死。当这个消息传出来之后，啊，呃，世界各地都在报道这件事。而在呃厄瓜多尔的最主要的报纸上。他们把这个事、这个故事就放在头版头条之上。他们在这个文章的第一刚开始用的三个字来开始。他是这样说的。何必如此枉费呢？然后有一个问号。为什么如此枉费？这一个呃世俗的一个编辑，他用的这个三个字，他没有想到他是从圣经上引用的。然后他们在讲到他他在说，这个编辑在想到有五个年轻的人，他们把自己的生命在他们最好的时候就这样子失去，然后留下五个寡妇，然后九个没有失去父亲的孩子。然后这五条生命这样失去，付上如此代价，却是围着六十个人，因为那个部落一共就六十个人，六十个人不穿衣服的、野蛮的、杀人的这样的人。What a waste！ 这是何等的枉费啊！ Because in Mark chapter 14, verse 4, we read these words. Why? That是当玛利亚把玉瓶里头的香膏倒出来之后，门徒的反应说：“何用这样枉费？”那耶稣知道他们所说的，就转过去对他们说：“你们别呃别难为他。” She's not wasting. 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 She's
is your spiritual act of worship. 因此，我以神的慈悲劝你们，把身体献上，呃，当作活祭，是圣洁的，是神所喜悦的。你们如此行，乃是一个属灵的敬拜。我是在呃一个呃基督徒的大学里头做呃代理人之一。我们有一万两千的学生在我们的校园。很多人他们到我们学校来，就是为了要去做宣教士。我知道，因为他们来跟我就这样讲。他会跟我讲到一些很困难的地方，他们要打算去的。我们一起来祷告。但是我知道。因为我知道。他们中间有些人不可能到他们要去的地方去，甚至有一些不可能到宣教的工厂上去，因为即便他们的心里头真的觉得他们被呼召去做这件事，他们。他们不能去，是因为他们的父母不让他们去。哎呀，呃，孩子啊，你为什么到那里去呢？你知道到那里什么事情会发生在你身上我不能想呃让你生活在那个地方，然后一年见你一次，因为你那时候才能回到美国来。也不想让我的看见我的呃呃孙孙辈在那样的一个恶劣的环境下成长啊。我就快要讲完了。但是我要讲到下面的。如果你在这里，你是父母或者是祖父母，你要知道，敬拜上帝。真的是和你的钱一点关系都没有，但是和你的孩子和你的孙子是有直接的关系。我要在这里要来来冒一个险，因为我知道我是在对着一群亚裔的人讲。我要想让你们知道，我和我的太太都很爱，呃，亚裔的人。我们也很喜欢，呃，亚洲人的食物。我们有一个八岁的孙子
他能够牛逼的讲普通话。因为我的女儿决定把她放在一个中国人开的学校里面。那里的老师不会讲中文,不会讲英文,只能讲中文,所以她就能学到中文。His name is Ryan. And he was so this little eight-year-old boy, Caucasian, doesn't look Asian at all. Walks up to them and asks them if he can help them in Mandarin. All that to say, our family loves Asian people. Now here, there are many Christian believing Asian 信神的、雅意的基督徒，他们不会让他们的孩子去做宣教士。因为在雅意的文化里面，呃，长者为尊，所以年幼的要青年长的。让主谁心所欲去使用他们，无论在什么地方做什么样的事情。Oh Changing 
I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Before Lord, I give you my children. 我把我的手从他们身上拿开。我把他们奉献给你。我把我的手从他们身上拿开。我把我的手从他们身上拿开。我把我的手从他们身上拿开。我把我的手从他们身上拿开。我把我的手从他们身上拿开。我把我的手从